God's Word says all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Whatever season of life you're in, the Bible has answers. Come along with me as we discuss life, faith, marriage, parenting, and more, all in light of Scripture. Thanks for listening to the Streams of Water podcast. Welcome to another episode of Streams of Water. And we are in a little mini series on Advent, and I kind of accidentally took last week off. <laughs> it was my birthday, and it was just a busy week with um, some work stuff. And my husband and I coach basketball at our local high school, and so that is where like in the throes of basketball season. And I kind of just accidentally did not have time <laughs> for. <laughs> Uh, recording last week and so therefore I think I'm technically a week behind um for where Advent lines up but that's okay um I might throw another episode out there this week as well to get caught up but um we're gonna pretend that I'm on track and uh, so this week is um week two of Advent and the theme of it traditionally is peace and oh my goodness, um, this was a really fun and special one to prep for, um, and also very convicting, um, because just as I, just before I sat down to start recording, it is nap time, um, here in my house right now. Um, we did a big Costco run today, and so we're kind of behind on our naps, and, um, my almost three-year-old um, often calls out to me from her bed about needing this or that or whatever, um, Miss uh, Stall, Stalling Girl. Um, and so I had to, um, you know, take a little dose of my own medicine because I have been prepping to talk about peace and... Um, I need to remember to feel peace even when I feel like, oh, it should be my time to sit down and record without any interruptions. And, um, you know, my idea of peace is that everybody is just quiet and I can do this. Um, But what we're going to talk about today is actually like what true peace brings. Um, And in this season of where, you know, peace on earth and we... We talk about peace a lot during the time of Christmas. And also, I think just the world in general um, has this idea of desiring peace. Even, oh, absolutely, non-believers and um, people who have no faith in God, I think we all desire um, peace. And I think we all think we know what that means, um, but we might not actually understand really the full, you know, uh, meaning of that word. So I want to talk today about our misconception of peace in our lives and what we think that means. And then um, more of the biblical eternal uh, definition of peace. So my aunt, Carrie, I think uh, she'll probably listen to this one. So hello, auntie. Um, she every year gets um, all of her nieces and nephews and then now my kids 
well, my boys don't get one yet. They're not quite old enough, but my three-year-old um, got an advent calendar from her. She goes to Trader Joe's and gets the little like, you know, 25 days of um, little tiny chocolate. And my three-year-old is totally into it. And every day, just about, I think she's forgotten a few times, but almost every day she wants to do her advent calendar. And so we, um, what we do is we pick out, um, I picked out a verse and, you know, in order to get her chocolate, she uh, says her verse and wouldn't you know it, she has memorized the thing, the verse word for word, probably within the first week or eight days, um, she knew the verse. And so, um, the verse we picked out to do is Luke 2.14, and I may have missed some words for her, so she doesn't know all of these words, but um, she's doing a really great job with it. So it says, uh, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And the beautiful thing about repetition is that um, when you do something over and over and over again, you... Um, sit on especially verses you sit on those words um, and you know, the more you say them um, hopefully the more you're thinking about those words and what it actually means and I have heard this verse so many times um, my family would always read um, I don't know if we always read the story from Luke but um Luke chapter two, we would read it before we would open presents on Christmas morning. And so I have heard these words, I mean, dozens, hundreds of times, probably just within, you know, church or something I see online or whatever. I've heard it a lot. And it's just always kind of been a Christmas verse. And I have focused, I think I just focused more on the first part, glory to God in the highest heaven, um, because you know, these shepherds or um, people that are acknowledging, seeing that the Messiah has been born. I mean, this is a person they were waiting for for hundreds of years. There is something like 500, 500 or so prophecies about the Messiah in the Old Testament. I mean, this is something that in for the Jewish people they have been waiting for, for so long. And finally, this Messiah is here. He's in the form of a baby. He's not coming as this mighty, you know, king on with the earth standard. So obviously, they, you know, it's the angels, it's the angels singing glory to God, right? And so that makes sense to me. But then the second part, you know, you kind of think of the peace on earth and all of that nice stuff during Christmas. But this peace that's being talked about, I've just been thinking about it in my mind with us doing the advent calendar and my three-year-old saying these words every day, that this peace that, that Jesus becoming human um, brought was not just peace in the everyday. That's totally something that God brings us. But it's this idea of eternal peace, rightness with God. Um, the connection that had been broken was now being restored in the person of Jesus um, coming to earth. And it's really beautiful when you think about, it's not just, you know, babies are wonderful. They don't necessarily bring peace. <laughs> I mean, they do, but like, 
oh, you know, those first couple, I don't know, they say the first six weeks or whatever of newborn life, it's insane and, and it's not peaceful. Um, except in, you know, all those moments where there's lots of sleepies from, from a newborn, but, um, but that Jesus becoming man and dying on the cross and, um, defeating death, um, was ultimate, going to bring us ultimate eternal peace. So let's look at these two kind of ways that work against each other when it comes to this idea of peace. So I think our misconception of peace, you know, in order to have peace, I need my house to be quiet. I need my kids to get along, coffee in hand, um, no diapers to change, the house is clean. Um, in order to have peace, my friendships will all be fine. Um, we'll all get along, we won't have disputes, and I won't lose friends over political leanings. Um, in order to have peace, all my doctor reports are clean. Um, maybe somebody's in remission, no hair loss, no funerals. This is a personal one. No crying over a piece of pottery that um, breaks that you buy with your mom and you can't buy another one with her. That really happened to me. <laughs> in order to have peace, um, your kids get to know their grandma. Maybe that passed passed along and you don't have any miscarriages in order to have peace my marriage is fun all the time my husband meets my needs and um, exceeds my all too high <laughs> expectations and my husband and I are always on the same page so the problem with these things right in order to have peace I need to have all these things um, those things are all temporary so um, I talk a lot about how with my husband um, in Ecclesiastes, uh, you know, it says all things are vanity, vanity. And the Hebrew word for vanity um, is hevel. And so I'll like do all the dishes. And then the next day, guess what? There's another sink full of dishes. And I'm like, ah, it's all hevel. Like, why do I even need to do it? Because it's just, it all just goes back to chaos anyway. And you know, so a clean house is not going to remain clean. Um, being on the same page um, with your husband is great, but there are going to be days when you're not on the same page. Um, miscarriages happen. Death happens. Doctor reports are not always clean. Friends are not always um, on the up and up. And the issue with this is that that's not where our real peace can't lie in things that other humans provide or in health um, or fill in the blank, whatever break, feel like feels peaceful to you. Um, if it's based on these things, those things aren't going to last and they're not going to fulfill and give you ultimate peace. So I want to take a flip, flip side look and look at, um, what is actually going to bring us peace in the now and in the not yet? So these are some of the things that, that Jesus says um, in John 15, 18. 
you can grab your Bible if you want to put me on pause and look, look along with me. But this is what he says. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. Okay, real life stuff is that we're going to be hated by the world if we belong, belong to Christ. Because the things that we do uh, and the way that we live and the convictions that we have do not line up with, with the world. Now, there are things you can do as a Christian that are sinful, and therefore, people are not going to be big fans of you because of that. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about um, the way we live um, when we choose to not engage in sinful things that the world says are okay, um, when we stand firm in God's truth. And the world is like, oh, that's kind of outdated and mm, that's not really relevant anymore. It's these things that God has called us to. When we're living that way, the world is not going to to love it. It's just not going to happen. John 16, 33 um, is a probably a familiar one to a lot of you. It says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Something that is so beautiful about this verse, and I I think about this verse a lot, because it's basically, it is Jesus promising that we're going to have problems, but there's this, you know, triumphant, but like, it's going to be okay because I have overcome the world and I have taken care of the sin and I have eradicated death ultimately, right? For eternity. Um, But this is said in the middle of this huge um, speech basically that Jesus has to his disciples during the Last Supper, right before he is arrested to be tried and ultimately um, dying on the cross. So he is um, about to have the most trouble. Okay, he talks about trouble, tribulation. He's about to have the most trouble he's ever experienced in his life. And he's about to do the thing he's promising, right? He's about to overcome the world. Yet he says, I have overcome the world. So Jesus is outside of time. God is outside of time. So the things that um, are about to happen, um, we're already always in the plan of redeeming creation. It's just so cool. When you look at something I love about God's word, and it's a little bit harder work, but the what you profit out of it is just amazing. So reading scripture in context is so important. And that verse on its own is beautiful and stunning and powerful and hopeful. But when you read it in the context of what Jesus was about to do for us, I would, if I knew I was about to die, I don't know if I would be having all of these positive words to be saying and um, hopeful words to be saying. I could hope that I had that kind of attitude if I knew that my life was, you know, soon going to be over, but I can't promise that I would be like that at all. But Jesus, we see he is that way. In these last moments of life, he is choosing to speak these things um, to his disciples to give them encouragement and hope. And it's not about this, this life, um, and he proves that because his life was about to be over. And if it was all wrapped up in, oh, I'm having peace all the time, then that's just going to be over really soon. Okay. And then one more verse I wanted to share. So John 14, 27, 
Um, Jesus says, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, um, as I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And so this peace that Jesus has is way different than what we think will give us a peaceful day or a peaceful life. It helps us in the in the now and the daily, but also it's this ultimate taking care of everything kind of peace. So Jesus's peace provides stability in chaos. So when your coffee is cold, when there when diapers abound, um, when you're excited that you checked off one of 15 cleaning tasks for the day, peace is there. When friendships hurt, when there are disputes, and even when there is brokenness because of different viewpoints, be it on any myriad of topics, peace can abound in those moments. When health um, is not present, when remission um, happens, but then the cancer is back, when death comes and funerals are attended, that piece of pottery that broke God holds the shattered pieces of your grief in his hand because he cares for you. Peace abounds in those moments as well. When you look into your baby's brown eyes that look like their grandma that she didn't get to meet, peace abounds in that. When miscarriage does come, when infertility is happening, peace abounds. When marriage isn't always peaches and cream, Um, you know you're being refined, but it hurts. You know that it's a reflection, even a poor one, of Christ and his church, but it's hard. Peace abounds. So the solution here is that Jesus's peace and presence is constant. It's unchanging. Um, Yet it sees that your situation is changing and it walks along the path with you. And even when life has no silver lining or it feels like something hard is never going to end or there's not resolution, ultimate eternal peace, being right with God, is ours to take. So this is what we celebrate this week, is God's peace. The peace that Jesus as a baby coming to take on humanity and human form, that peace that he brought when he decided to step away from his heavenly throne and come to the earth to live among us and bring peace. Ultimate peace from the Messiah who came to be a baby, who came to be that. And we have that because of him and the promise that one day we'll live in a peace, in a place that doesn't have all of the brokenness, the things that make our souls scream for peace, those things are not going to be issues anymore. And that is the ultimate peace that we get to celebrate this Christmas season. So thank you for listening today. Um, I hope that you have a chance to listen to last week's episode on hope and that we can hope in something solid and that we can have this eternal peace that the Bible talks about. We'll catch you next week.